Phil, that was Marianne Williamson back on the show. Uh, it was great to have her on and her new book, Years to Triumph. Uh, she, you know, I, I, she's a tremendous public speaker. And, uh, and in, in an interview, uh, the same type of passion, energy comes in uh, to what she has to say. I mean, she's very powerful in her speech, I think. Yeah, she's, she's a, a unique presence on the landscape these days and, as you said, a powerhouse. Yeah. Uh, she's just, you know, the power of conviction and uh, um, concern just shines through her. Yeah, I mean, it, she's brilliant, and, and, and you, you know, her intelligence comes through. But it, 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 that force of conviction and, and a caring just uh, is, is really overwhelming. Yeah, she, she's very committed to uh, what she does as you walk her talk. Uh, and, and this is a very important subject matter because we're getting to a point, you know, just from a science point, uh, standpoint where perhaps they'll, you know, someday you'll be able to take a pill and never experience any pain or discomfort ever again. But then would you be a human being? What would that do to the human experience? Would you take that pill if yeah. you could? You know, probably not, but it's very thought-provoking. And what's happening now is, you know, you, you have these pharmaceuticals. It's all profit-driven. Uh, every uh, I'm constantly hearing about new psychological and physiological disorders. And then sometimes I think maybe these disorders exist so they can prescribe more drugs for more people. You know, yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's oh, there's control. no question about it. It's, 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 it's like... Um, in, in in the medical world, if you look at the uh, even physical medicine, what you, the, the requirements for when a person should be recommended something like blood pressure medication or cholesterol medication, you know that changes over time, and it's not necessarily data driven. It's it's you know there's good reason to to uh, suspect that it's driven by uh, the profits of, of selling drugs. And why wouldn't it be different in the, um, in the psychiatric world where, I mean, I know psychotherapists, psychiatrists who uh, prefer to do psychotherapy, but the insurance companies don't reimburse for the hour of their time the way they do if they just write a prescription. It, it's just uh, people, the whole system is geared to giving people pills because it's they deem it more cost effective that way. Right, it, it, it's unbelievable and profitable. Yeah, and you have to step back, and then once a person goes down that road, it's hard to return to the road we're actually going through the therapy. And yeah, look, I mean, you and I grew up in in a time when you know if somebody said they had a headache, somebody would automatically say you should take something. And as Marianne said, that's now in the realm of psychology. Right. You're sad, you're depressed, take something. Right. It's a, it's a scary situation. Right. And I want to make it clear, I mean, she, she, she makes it very clear in the book that, uh, you know, uh, psychotropic drugs can save people's lives. And there's people with, that are bipolar and schizophrenic and severely depressed. And, and, and all of these things, you know, are, are necessarily tool, yeah. are necessary yeah. tools to deal with it. But it's being overdone. It's the same thing. I, what we were talking about, about the schools, you know, kids get warehoused in schools. They sit from nine to five every day in a classroom. Huh. They're, they're 10 years old, or 12 years old. Uh, all they want to do is get up and run around. Some schools don't have physical education anymore. They don't have music anymore. They don't have I art. Know. They're just in the classroom. 
So these kids are, are, some of the kids are bouncing off the wall. There's nothing psychologically wrong with them. Some kids have a predisposition. They can sit there and deal with it. Other kids, it's much more difficult. But the thought of then, okay, let's give them some drugs because it's easier for the teacher, it's easier for the parents, and they have this kid, you know, sitting in the corner quietly. Oh, isn't Johnny wonderful now? Isn't Mary such a nice student that she just sits there, you know, and, and they're on drugs? Uh, you know, what can you learn? Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what does that do to them in the long run? It's crazy. No, but but it 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 makes life easier for the school teachers and the and the administrators, and that's probably one of the reasons they do it. Yeah, so, but so it's it, a pathologizing of normalcy, as as right. Miriam said, right. and that's that's a scary thing. But it also, you know, to get to get it back into the realm of spirituality, I I know uh, people and uh, long term people who are researchers in consciousness and practitioners. Um, and even they would say there, there can be a, a use for an antidepressant once in a while there, you know, we don't want to go overboard. Uh, absolutely. Like, uh, sometimes, sometimes people prescribe antidepressants on a short term basis, mm-hmm. just so people can do psychotherapy right. and, and get into, because they've been numbed by, you know, some trauma and sometimes, you know, they, they can't even think clearly. They can't process their emotions. So sometimes the, the drugs actually have value in moving a person forward uh, in a non-pharmaceutical way on a short-term basis. So, you know, these are nuanced right. um, a phenomena, but, uh, you know, there's no question Marianne's on target with right, right. Yeah, the mean, overuse of these drugs. Yeah, there's no doubt people's lives have been saved and bettered through psychotropic drugs, but the overuse is just unbelievable. The other thing that was interesting to me is, uh, you know, uh, the title of the book, Tears to Triumph, The Spiritual Journey from Suffering to Enlightenment. Well, you know, both of us have been involved in spiritual movement and and meditation and and the quest for enlightenment. And uh, at least in the culture of the TM movement back in the day, I don't think so anymore, when I was initially involved in it, there was this thought or feeling that you had to be kind of happy all the time. Any expression yeah. of depression or anxiety or discomfort was, ooh, this guy is not very enlightened. And I think uh, that was a, that's kind of an unhealthy um, attitude to have. And it's also a misunderstanding of what spiritual growth means. And I think most people yeah. have matured out of that. I don't think that culture exists. Uh, so much uh, within the TM movement anymore. I don't know how it is with other groups, but I you well, get that feeling. I, I think people are more sophisticated now with these things. But you know, I just have to. Uh, you know, my perspective, uh, having researched American Veda, a lot of these phenomena that people think are just part of the organization or the community they were part of, they're really endemic. Um, and this kind of what uh, some people call spiritual bypassing was very, very common in all the spiritual movements, all the guru-led movements, the Buddhist community. Uh, in fact, the, the term spiritual bypass came from a psychiatrist in the, uh, or psychotherapist how, how in the Buddhist world. How would you define spiritual bypass? Well, it, it's this kind of bypassing the stuff of life, you know, ordinary human ups and downs and suffering, ordinary, you know, the, the kind of... Uh, emotional and psychological baggage we all need to deal with um, and pretending it doesn't exist and living in the uh, hope or the illusion that it will all get better 
uh, through meditation or your yoga or whatever, and the, the, all the karma would burn off, and you don't have to attend to these things. You don't have to attend to the ups and downs of real life. And there's a kind of pretense that everything is fine and we're all happy and, and everything is good and, 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 and an avoidance of right. dealing with psychological issues or, you know, life's crises. But I think people, you know, in large part, that was a phenomenon of the uh, baby boomers' right. early days of spiritual development. But you see it now, too, with millennial yogis and all that. There's, there's peer pressure sometimes to be happy because, you know, we're spiritual. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm yeah. sure that... I'm sure it goes on in churches and temples and everywhere else too, but you know that uh, people grow up and and life has a way of teaching us these these things. Right, right. Uh, Marianne talks about that. Our culture's uh, obsession with being happy all the time. Not, not that we shouldn't be happy all the time. Not that that's not the goal. But the, sometimes you have to work through a lot of stuff to get there. And, and the point she makes is nobody wants to suffer, but it, it's uh, at times when people go through suffering that sometimes. Uh, they they come out a stronger person, and, and you know it's not unlike look, it's like uh, pain. Nobody wants pain, but if if your ankle doesn't hurt, then you don't know to attend to it. If suffering comes into your That's life, right. depression, anxiety, something needs to be uh, uh, attended to, and it's not always easy to figure yeah. it out what it is. Uh, and then once you figure out what it is, uh, how to make it better. But I think that that's that's the you know that's part of being a human, uh, being able to deal yeah. with these things. Yeah, as she said, and to face it for what it is, mm -hmm. you know. And she was very candid about her own experiences with this. And you know, then there's people like Marianne and and good psychotherapists and good uh, pastors and spiritual counselors and all the rest who can help you uh, not uh, numb yourself to to the suffering or the pain or to uh, avoid it, but to use it and use it to foster your spiritual mm -hmm. growth and your own uh, learning and um, uh, maturity. You know, we grow from these things. You know, remember we had Mirabai Star on, and right. that was um, a big part of uh, her conversation was, um, you know, what uh, the, the spiritual growth that came out of the dark night of the soul uh, historically, and in her case, you know, with the death of the child. And, and, and you see this from a, a lot of spiritual teachers. And it's great that someone with Marianne's platform is taking this on. Right. And uh, there's also interesting what she talked about people being overly protective of their kids in school and not wanting them to experience this or that, that might be uncomfortable or whatever. And it was not unlike, you know, Prince Siddhartha, you know, the Buddha, uh, his father yeah. wanting to protect him from all things bad. And then he sees these things and then he grows from that. And, he moves on to not only grow from that, but to help other people. Pretty, pretty. Yeah, that's right. And that's probably why there's a chapter on Buddha in, in, in Marianne's book. You know, when she said that thing about parents uh, wanting kids to, you know, be safe and, and, and avoid uh, pain all the time, it made me think of um, the, the uses of uh, infectious disease. You know, you know, kids' immune systems um, right. are strengthened because they're exposed. You right. know, they get a cold early on. They right. get a flu early on. They catch it from their friends at school. But without those early experiences, the immune system doesn't get stronger. Right. 
And um, and maybe it's just something similar happens right, right. on a psychological I, I, level. Yeah, I think exactly. If you, your kid was born, you put him in a bubble and protected him from all germs, and then all of a sudden, you know, they're 12 years old, you let him out, uh, then they have no <laughs> right. immunity to anything. So, yeah, a, a lesson to be learned. And it's always balancing. I mean, you do want to, you, you have responsibility to protect and you want to protect, but you need to balance that with letting people learn uh, life's lessons and working through things. Uh, and learn good lessons from it. I mean, you know, so Marianne's perspective is a deep spiritual one. So the advice she would give people for working with periods of suffering would would be very elevating. It wouldn't just be coping. Mm-hmm. It would be, you know, to transcend and to, to grow and to move higher. Um, and if you have people like that in your life and, and sources of, of that kind of inspiration, it could be, you know, suffering, periods of suffering could be extremely useful. You know, the, you know, there's so many stories of people who suffer deeply and then come out of it and say, you know, in a, in a way, I'm grateful for that experience because right. now I know this and I've learned that. Right. No, it's, uh, it's uh, I think, wonderful advice. And, uh, you know, and I'm sure everybody listening has gone through good and bad periods in their life and learned the life's lessons that are there. And, you, you know, those lessons are there to learn so you can avoid that suffering in the future, but sometimes it's inevitable and, and uh, you know, hopefully we all develop tools to deal with that. Well, um, it was always great having Marianne, Marianne on the show and look forward to having her on again. Right, our first repeat guest. Yeah, yeah. we have about, uh, <laughs> we have about, I don't know, well over 60 shows posted We have now. over 50, I counted yesterday. And I wanted to say to our listeners, I saw posted up on Facebook the other day that Phil Goldberg, uh, with whom I am speaking right now, uh, has been <laughs> meditating. He's spent some time in meditation. 48 years. 48 consecutive years. I'm a couple of years behind you. And, uh, you know, hey. It makes me feel old. Yeah, but very evolved. Always growing on the, <laughs> the path. Yeah. Well, yeah. we do our best. I always remember that day because it was my father's birthday as well. Oh. So. <laughs> anyway, more, more right. soon. Got some great shows coming up. And uh, uh, yes, we do. Spirit Matters at spiritmatterstalk.com. Uh, yeah, let folks know us about let folks uh, know about us. And if you have any thoughts or suggestions, please email us. It's all there at the website, all the information. Okay. Next time. Next time, Dennis.